Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Now, on with the show. Now we are. Are we recording now? Uh Uh-huh. Are we recording now? Still. We have a lot to unpack. We just came back from a trip. We have a lot to unpack. It was <laughs> emotionally, an emo- an emotional physically. Trip. Yeah, well, we did come back from really. an emotional trip. Well, welcome back from the emotional trip. Welcome to Reverse Psychology. Hey, it it's is, our podcast. It's, it's it's all of our podcasts. You're part of the community now. Hey, welcome. I'm Who Dr. Are you? Diana. Hi, I'm a licensed psychologist, board certified behavior analyst. And you're a hard napper. I am. I was a hard napper today. Mm-hmm. Was a runner. A weightlifter and a hard napper. That's Who are the you? The big three. Dr. Mike, I'm a clinical psychologist, comma, adult category, mostly. And I'm a no-napper this weekend. Oh, it was... But I'm a double, double-digit runner this weekend. It was a classic In-N-Out burger, double-double. Mm-hmm. I ran animal style. <laughs> hey. Hi. How long do you want to do this podcast thing for? In our lives? It was like, what's up? What's up with our... Let's... Let's check in with the state of our podcast. Okay. What sounds heavy? Are you thinking? As far as how long we keep doing it? Yeah. I don't know, a little bit longer. Okay. I'm enjoying it. I I'm liking it. I Are you doing it for the numbers or for yourself? Well, everyone says do it cuz you're passionate about it, which I am. Okay. It's just that as more things get piled on and less people listen. <laughs> more things get piled on the podcast or more things get piled on our no, life. No, on my life. Yeah. Teaching private practice researching mm-hmm. i want to keep doing i mean we have why do you want to keep doing it that's a good question um thanks i'm a, I'm a psychologist comma adult oh my jaw is tight don't change the topic uh why do i want to do it yeah i like it i like talking with you about topics i like hearing from our listeners i like putting the word out as mm-hmm. was my original goal your only the word smart out. goal is getting the word out and i like the space that we come to every week what do you not like about it um I, what do I not like about it? I don't like feeling the pr- the pressure, like another thing to worry about each week. Yeah. Um, I think the mindset of saying we have to record right now kind of changes Did I it. say that? Usually, yeah. Oh. No, I say it's time to record or... We have to record today. We have to record today. Yeah. We have to record soon. We only have to record. We only... How should I refer better. That? We get to record. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels nice when it's like an organic part of our Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I think we just need to be more planful. I also think if we start scheduling more guests, guests ahead of time, because I think we had we had a couple of people, we have a lot of people that are wanting to do it. We just need, I think we need to give them dates that they can do it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do that. Because we've been too loosey-goosey with when they can Hold on. In. I'm going to try to open this window. I don't think it's going to go very well. Not going to work. Well, there's a screen on it. Has it opened in the past? One of these two has. <sighs> this is such a metaphor for our lives. That the window won't open? One of these has opened in the past emotional unpacking is it a metaphor or just a it's just a problem the problem that we've had you put the screen on the one that doesn't open oh this one this one doesn't open because the latch is completely painted shut oh my god uh, this one is well whatever um so i have a well not a corrections corner just an update corner from last week's pod okay well one we got some feedback that swing and a miss sports talk was a swing and a miss i liked it but that's probably just a me thing yeah i was listening back to it and i was like i enjoyed it more as we were talking about it than when i'm listening to it now but also what, what would you have done differently i'm not sure i did the 
best job explaining the matching law. Mm. So I think that was the premise for my whole discussion. And then I, listening back to it, I was like, well, I didn't set it up very well. So maybe... They kind of classically biffed it. <laughs> they can't all be home runs. They can. Now Sometimes they're touchdowns. They can't all be... I'll give that a silver medal. Thank you. No, I just think, you know, you, you try on different outfits. Yeah. Some of them work. Those pants were a little snug in the front. You know, sometimes you get a good haircut. Sometimes you go to a Puerto Rican man who butchers your hair. More often than not, that's what I get. Mm, you're bald. Mm-hmm. That's why. You're bald. I'm bald by choice. Oh, no, I just want to say that just in case people are like wanting to... <laughs> wanting to stop? No, no, no. Wanting to go back with new information and listen. Oh, I said that the matching law was related to the re- rate of reinforcement. So when you're choosing between two different behaviors, you're going to gravitate towards the one where there's a higher reinforcement rate. Mm-hmm. So what I didn't do very well is explain reinforcement rate, which is okay. the rate of reinforcement. <laughs> which did, is Did you guys get that? How much payout there is. So if you're like at a slot machine where it's like the reinforcement rate is uh, fixed schedule of like every time you pull the lever, the lever, every time you pull it, you get something. That's a really high reinforcement rate. If you're at a slot machine where but you the lever just rips off the side and doesn't work at all, that's a zero reinforcement rate. I'm not going back to that machine. If it's every third time, fixed ratio three, so number. So fixed rate. Anyways, doesn't matter. Does not matter. But I just want to point out the difference between like high reinforcement rate and a low reinforcement rate. Cool. That's what I'm talking about. So you're going to gravitate towards the slot machine where there's more payout more often. All right. See you guys next week. <laughs> well, That's we'll, when our mini We'll correct this corrections corner. <laughs> as um as probably everyone does we have uh, we're having a thanksgiving hangover family hangover yeah like an emotional hangover i'm just like tired yeah when people i just like don't want to be around people right now i've had too much contact we've been around people all day i know i don't want to be <laughs> so i guess the people we were hanging out with hopefully they don't listen to this no i like all those people it's it's not a liking them or not liking them it's it's like i am very thirsty for just alone time every day this week i've gone to work and like talk to people all day and then I get home and then I have to go see my parents until nighttime then go to bed mm-hmm. and usually during the week I'll like go to work come home go for a run like I'll have some time to like sit in silence it's been a lot of time having to be on and I don't like it mm-hmm. I hear you especially when it's your parents well I don't know maybe some people have good maybe some people have really healthy relationship with the, if you with have health issues with your parents give us a call <laughs> let us know what you did because it's the kids the kids priority yeah there's a lot to navigate there's a lot of uh, emotional landmines to navigate yeah i blew Straight off my vietnam. emotional leg <laughs> thanksgiving was my personal <laughs> vietnam <laughs> oh, yeah. thanksgiving was your vietnam thanksgiving was my vietnam were you in the shit i was in the shit okay i have that tattooed on my arm the unit I was in, just our address. <laughs> I'm sure Vietnam vets would really love this. Yeah, when I'm doing combo. trauma work and they're like, Charlie's in the tree. I'm like, I get that. My mom was in the kitchen cooking. It was... <laughs> she bought way too many pies. Oh, my God. Yeah. My favorite part was that you were like, let me cook the pie. She's like, okay. And then she came back. She was like, I know you're just being nice. So I bought a couple pies. After... I didn't really make one because I would have been really bummed. I was already bummed. I was like, mom. Just listen to it. So, should we get into it? Let's oh, wait. Do we have reviews? No. Aw. <laughs> no. Let's dive into it. Didn't we have a couple of nice emails? 
I mean, messages on Facebook? Probably. We're done with that? No, I just don't <laughs> have my phone with me. Should I look it up while you get started? I'm all, right, I'm all ready. All right, let's go. Move let's, into let's it. Let's just dive into it. Okay. If you want to see our messages, we'll give you the password to our Facebook <laughs> at the end. We're so shitty right now. And you can take a look at it. <laughs> we're so apathetic. We're not shitty. We're apathetic. That's about a, that's a nicer way to say that we're shitty. I said you look pretty. All right, we're, we're going to keep doing this at least for the... Let's get to a year. Yeah, okay. Okay, wait. Yeah, April. May? April? End of April. But if you really like us and you want us to keep going... Um, this feels a little borderline-y. Oh, sorry. If you want us to keep going, please tell us you like us. Otherwise, we're going to no, kill no, the no, podcast. No, 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 no. you know what we need to start doing, though? We need to st- start doing more listener requests episodes. We have a whole list of them. We, we do. Yeah, I think the key to our... F- we do. We have a whole list. The key... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the key to our fun should be getting more people in here because I had a lot of fun when it put the last guest. Yeah, me too. And then we should make t-shirts <laughs> to make me feel a lot, a lot better. All right, cool. Maybe after this upcoming camping trip, we'll make some t-shirts. Okay. Okay. Do it. Okay. okay. So, what are you doing for today? I thought that after all, every, all of our listeners, all of the country has been with parents and family, we want something really light in a topic that we can all agree about. So I thought we'd talk about politics for a little no, bit. Oh, good. Hey, um, give me one sec. Are you taking a shit? No. You back? Yeah, I'm back. Where'd I'm you have to go? so sore. I had to go get this little nail clipper thing because I have a toe hangnail. Okay. We'll wait for you to do your hygiene stuff before. I did my hygiene stuff. What's hygiene? H-Y-G-G-E? Hickey? You know what I'm talking about? It's It's like like the the, Swedish cuddling culture. Yeah, the the Swedish idea of comfort. Yeah. It's like really soft, warm lights. How do you say it? Hygie? Hygie? No, it's hygie. I listened to an audiobook about it. Oh my God. It's about uh, like soft blankets. It really, it sounds a lot like just having a lot of clutter around. Get like a million pillows and blankets. Dim the lights, light candles, mm. never go outside. Huga. It's like one cold weather. The entire book was whispered to. It's like, this, this topic is lights. <laughs> Turn off all of your lights. Mm, that sounds You're closer to Huga. <laughs> lights and candles. Can you feel a Huga? <laughs> I was like, this book is giving me a Huga. If that means falling asleep, <laughs> driving my car now, I'm going to traffic. <laughs> all right okay what top politics politics so there is an article that i read recently that i really liked from the psychology monitor which i think is in front of you (laughs) this this issue is right in front of you so we can just quietly read it together (laughs) all right diana can you read the first paragraph (laughs) popcorn uh, popcorn to mike did you ever do that (laughs) no what is that (laughs) it's like when you you're like taking turns reading. Oh. I can't remember what the like little chant you say is, but it's like, you know, and you're in a class and you're like, I get to pick the next reader. Oh, oh yeah. You should, we should, I just heard that in therapy. <laughs> just two of us in the room. I'll say something and go, popcorn to you. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like your mom like wasn't super supportive. Popcorn to you. <laughs> and I throw a goosh ball at them. <laughs> Is it my turn to talk again? So they have this whole t- this whole article called Politics is Personal. Mm-hmm. Where, yep, it ta- yep, yep. where it talks, are you just thumbing through the magazine? No, I was trying to find the start of the article. The whole idea that I want to talk about today. <laughs> I, got re- I just got really hot. So the whole topic is looking at why our political climate is so divided. And it's, it's really interesting because they it, it starts out by saying essentially that from like a 
pop culture surface level thing. It looks like the last election cycle was this like weird turn of events where, oh my God, now we're this huge divided environment. Oh, but it's always been like this. But apparently it's been a, this very long, sl- slow evolution towards this whole divide. Well, but we also had a time in our country where we had the Civil War. So there was a huge divide. It's not like this is new to our nation. No, I, exa- but that's the thing. That, that's exactly what this is saying. This is saying basically it goes through these whole cycles. And it's really looking at what are the contributing factors from a psychological standpoint that would lead someone to be more polarized politically. Okay. Like a person or culture in general? A person. One person. So there's one person we're going to talk about and why they're such an asshole. Just just people in general. Because so I really like this because at the top they're talking about political science in general and how yeah. the field of political science is really looking at how the government operates and how the parties operate. Mm-hmm. This is the article is more going into uh, political psychology, how the individual chooses oh. their party, how the individual chooses what they believe in, what they listen to. Well, that which poli sci really it doesn't really happen. Yeah, well, it's the difference between sociology and psychology. Yes, yes, right, yes. And so, I, like, psychology is the study of the individual person within a society right and sociology is the study of the overall group yeah dynamic yeah and so the big implications for a lot of this information just to get that up top and so people don't just skip to the end so a lot of the political psychology information really has to go into how we design ballots how we write polls and write the questions that go into polling Hmm. how we essentially do our elections because the way information's given, the way our elections are run, it's it's accidentally in a lot of ways contributing to this polarization. So our overall political system is getting it's 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 contributing to its own problems. This also just reminds me that we were we were really talking a lot about over the weekend about Scatman John. Mm, and mm, why are you bringing it up? Because I thought it was funny because Scatman John grew up with a stutter and he he learned to scat as a way to like compensate for the stutter, which is just a funny idea of like, all right, John. So I know that for some hard consonants, you kind of stammer over it. So what if you just go bit a bit about? No one's gonna know. It's gonna you're gonna look super cool, and you're just gonna kind of flow through. How did you work this in? Because I I know I stuttered he... on the methodology of oh, one of these words, okay, and okay. I I had the urge to start scatting. <laughs> It was so seamless. No one noticed. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go into our Wayback Machine, 1960s. If you were to go on the street and ask a Democrat Mm -hmm. or a Republican, Mm -hmm. if your child started dating and then married an individual of the opposite party, would you be disappointed? How many people do you think would say they'd be disappointed if their child married someone of the opposite party? 20%. Only 4%. Hmm. In 1960. So 96% of people are like, I don't care. Get him out of the house. Well, maybe we it's got a not. War on. Okay. So, but maybe it's not that. What do I want to say about that? So maybe party politics, and I don't know because I wasn't there, but maybe party politics weren't as salient. Maybe people- well, that's the thing because it, the same exact experiment or the same exact study was done again in 2018. What uh-huh. do you think the, the numbers were for that? Way higher. 45% of Democrats in 2018 said they would be disappointed if their mm. child married someone of the opposite party. 35% of Republicans said they would be disappointed. Mm. We're, we're going in this not even that slow trend towards not approving, not accepting of the opposite party. We're... Our political parties are becoming more of our, a piece of our identity. But I think, too, I mean, back to my point, back to my really smart point about the Civil War, I think this is, it's cyclical. Like, I think these are wide circles. I just think we're revisiting times past. 
one of the biggest things that's really contributing to this is just this idea of of parties and group identification. Because mm-hmm. even even during the the war between the states, like there was this huge identification with the culture of the state, the culture of the area, the culture of all those things, and and that's kind of what we're incorp- we're encountering now is that we. We have these strong party identifications that are really pushing polarization. Because in a lot of ways, a part of the identification is not agreeing with the other side. I also think that there's more people who are increasingly more and more frustrated and disappointed that things are not... Like, I, I think we're coming to a critical mass where we passed, like, all these acts and laws to like ostensibly like make people more equal and like it's not coming to fruition women are still underpaid black and latinos are still marginalized on the surface many people think like oh we've come so far but like if you're a part of that subgroup you're like no we have we've fucking we're still well even that is a like a party thing Mm-hmm. Like you're you're coming from that from a Democrat viewpoint where that's that's your ideal for what the government's supposed to be doing. And even even that's a big part of this, because when they look at what's motivating for people that identify as each party, like a more conservative viewpoint is much more towards reverting back to mm-hmm. what the country used to be. But also just really there's been this long, slow trend of conservatives in the conservative party towards a, a authoritarian rule, but also authoritarian use of power, where it's this idea of law and order, it's the idea of social dominance, even, where there's a lot of research showing that people who are becoming more active in the Republican Party, are they're, they're more okay with that idea, where some people have to be on top in this, and we need law and order, and certain people need to be punished or taken care of and things like that. Right. I'm just positing why it might be as salient as it is now. Well, well, well one thing is the media. I yeah, mean, that's in true. 1960, there was three news stations, and news wasn't a for-profit yeah. endeavor. And now there's these like really, really politically charged news stations. And, and that, this article really posits that where we don't get the news in an uh, objective way. Mm-hmm. And because there's so much option, it's easier to shop around in the news until it's delivered in a way that it right. sits well, where it, it feels right for us. Right. There is a researcher in Stony Brook, New York, Leonie Huddy, who has a whole social identity theory of politics. They really posit that once we identify with a party, essentially like our individual tendencies go to the wayside. And so we're much more motivated by what the party's moving towards. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's two really big motivating factors within us trying to maintain our social identity. Okay. The first one, motivated reasoning. Have you heard of that before? Well, okay. I mean, I can guess. Um, well, go for it. I can imagine what it is. It's where we're motivated to believe and understand things that agree with us or are from people who are part of our party already. Was well, that like a cognitive bias? Yeah, it's, that's just 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 what it's called. Right, right, right. I know. No, no. I mean, that exact description is a one type of cognitive bias. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, we experience discomfort when we're like, like we have a motivation to stay in our comfort zone by associating with people who agree with us. Well, from this idea, we're more motivated to promote and protect our own group. And oh, it's be- like within group. Yeah. And so okay. because of that, we're more likely to agree or with group versus out group and believe the message of the group we're a part of. Mm-hmm. And in fact, a lot of this research shows, and this is on both sides, we're also less likely to believe or trust people that are promoting cross group 
cooperation. Mm. And so as politicians speak up on like... Like Joe Biden. A little bit. He's a little trying to reach across the divide. Yeah, I think I'm thinking more like people in Congress who will promote like a, I mean, I think it happens less and less now, but are, are promoting policies that are more palatable to both sides and are trying to compromise between the two. I think the people within party are less likely to trust that person because they're like, well, what are, what are you trying to do? You're, you're not, you're not, you're not a part of us. When does party identification emerge? Because, oh, I mean, that's more of a byproduct of behavior. Like, well, so, I mean, I remember back to like undergrad and psych classes we were talking about. I think it used to be more that we should look this up it used to be more that you were more likely to join the same party as your parents Mm. and i think that's changed a lot but definitely influenced by a lot of factors so the reason i'm saying that is because you're talking about in group and out group and i feel like like at least for me and a lot of people i know were different political orientation than our parents Mm -hmm. and so you have like two different in groups kind of colliding with each other right because your family is your group as well it just depends on what you're more identifying with yeah my parents aren't overtly political i don't i I have no idea how they vote or what they really believe in we can kind of guess i have an assumption they don't like goat cheese they they don't like goat cheese which is one one part in particular does not like goat cheese uh but i do i do remember very clearly when i was taking participation in government which was a class in high school which was called pig I think it was junior <laughs> year in high school, and our teacher, who was very liberal, and she she was great. She was she was a good teacher, very engaging. She had a giant picture of Kennedy over the door, mm. and she had us take a, a test because this was the youngest you could be to register to vote, but you can't vote yet because you know you can like when you you're seventeen. How old do you have to be to vote? Eighteen. Mm-hmm. So when you're seventeen, if the next election you're going to be eighteen, you can register with the assumption that it kicks in by the time the next election happens. And she had us take a test, and then she scored it, and then wrote a little like note of like what your political party is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I got it back, and it was like you're a Democrat, and I'm like that yeah, sounds about right. And then I was like for that next election, I voted Democrat because mm-hmm. Miss uh, Fredrick Resler told me to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was she was great. I found still a Democrat. I found a poster that I made like for some school fair or something like in second grade when I was home not that long ago, and it was like a picture. I don't know. Yeah, it was a picture of the Earth, and then there were people holding hands all the way around the outside of it. Um, and it said like "Save our Earth" or something, and I was like, "This was a fucking Democrat back then." Yeah, was it two scale? <laughs> You barely see the people. That's dumb. No, it's not that dumb. Your poster's dumb. Aww. Oh no, it's a cute poster. I know. Yeah, did he get an award? Probably. My whole life's an award. <laughs> yeah. So in motivated reasoning, we're we're more motivated to do, to agree and promote the messages. They, they actually do a lot of. There's research looking at the. This even has to do with false claims, and so they've done two versions of the same study where they took a bunch of conservatives, they gave them various messages from Trump, ones that were identified as truthful, ones that were identified as untruthful. Like things that he said that were either true or untrue. Yes, things that he actually said that were true and untrue. And then if his name is associated with it, People are much. People are conservative. Much, much more likely to agree with sure, it, that regardless of if it's truth or not. If there's no name on it, people are actually pretty decent at identifying what's the false claim oh, and what's not. Interesting. 
interesting piece, though, and, and also just just because I don't want this to sound really biased, they, they've done the exact same study with Obama and, oh, I'm and sure. I'm liberals, sure. the same exact I mean, finding. We are all, yeah, we're all biased. Right. Like, there's just no way we're yeah. not. My big thing is I don't want this to sound like this whole episode is going to be like, conservatives fall for this bullshit. No, it's, it's both. Like, everyone does this. Totally. The interesting thing, though, is if you get a message from the person that's within your party and then you agree with it mm-hmm. and then you're you're told this is false this is untrue you you will change your mind in that moment you're more likely to change your mind in that moment but what they find is that within a week your opinion of that statement goes back to the original thought you had hmm. and so if if i show you a message from obama if it's like a, a statement he made and you're like, oh, yeah, I agree. I think that's true. And I'm like, actually, no, this is false. Like, this is the actual thing. In the moment, you're much more likely to be like, yeah, I guess I guess it's false. If I bring it up in a week, you're much more likely to report that thing that you had heard a week ago as being truthful. You drift back to your original thought, which is why a lot of these, like, falsehoods are really damaging. Because even oh, yeah. if, in the moment, we can show that this person is saying something that's a lie, but... And I'm not trying to be partisan, although, you know, it's hard for me not to, but... I wonder in like the whole landscape of politicians, you know what? I mean, Clinton was a, and I'm talking Bill. He was a real skeezy, sleamy, sleamy. A real, real skeezy, slime. He, I mean, all you have to say is he was a sax player. Those are the That's horn dogs true. of the bands. Oh, good point. I mean, the reality is like, there's two issues at play. One is, do you like their politics, what they promote? And two is, do you like the person? Yeah. And I think that I was okay with Clinton because I thought he was a real skeevy dude. But next topic. <laughs> but no, but I mean, I agreed more or less with, with what thing, he was saying, with what he was doing, not the sex stuff. But oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, the uh, like the the policies. We agree with who he was doing. I feel like but, this is controversial. I feel like we treated Monica unfairly. Well, she's she's okay now. She's okay now, but she like just really got that was but, shitty. Um, sorry, Monica. I should have spoken up, but I was eleven. <laughs> No one would have listened to me. What was I going to say about... Oh, but what I was going to say is I wonder if they've probably done an analysis looking at the percentage of statements that Trump says that are true. Oh, it's it's astronomically small. Yeah, I would imagine that he's the most lying president mm-hmm. or the most... Un, I shouldn't say lying. Uh, most untruthful president. That was brought up in the impeachment hearing. They were questioning, I think, Fiona Hill, who was... She was amazing in those mm-hmm. hearings. She like... She was what people should strive to be like and jim jordan who and this isn't a partisan statement this is like just a human statement jim jordan's a piece of trash human he's awful (laughs) and he was i want to say it was jim jordan because i hate him he was going after fiona hill and he's like you made this statement and you you got two pinocchios and and i want to say it was fiona hill she was like trump every single day gets gets the max for pinocchios so let's let's just be honest about this <laughs> but like politifact has him as the most untruthful well person. and then just to your point though about like politics and and um psychology like if that's the truth then we are by default becoming more and more divided as a result we are yeah, but if we'll you like slowly 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 drift towards that over time but i do want to make a, a um an important statement that i've determined in the last five minutes okay i think you're not a republican that cnn is the fox news of the democratic world i think it's the only analogous one of the mainstream the more mainstream stuff i don't think it's as extreme really i, I, think, I think it's getting more extreme super extreme I- I do, but I also think we don't watch a lot of Fox News. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. You're right. 
But it, it's definitely not unbiased. It's, I mean, every news source is slightly biased, but I just feel like CNN is just doing a horrible job mm. of trying to help. Way have... to take him to task. Who's the one you hate the most on CNN? I don't know. Jake Tapper. Oh, I like Tapper. I don't know. No, I like Cuomo. Another motivating factor is this idea called justifying the status quo. Mm-hmm. So essentially, motivated reasoning can help explain how a person on opposite ends of the spectrum have a different view of the world because we're, we're just motivated to agree with what the party is. The justifying the status quo idea is our tendency to defend and justify what is already going on or what has been going on, even if it means that supporting politicians or policies that might be at odds with our own self-interest. So this is the whole explanation of people who might benefit from certain policies mm. are very likely to vote against those same policies because it's, it's scary, the unknown. Okay. So it's so like, can you give me an example? So uh, the uh, Affordable Care Act. Like, okay. It oh, is, I see. It so, is so uh-huh. unfavorable in states and in areas where the most people would benefit from it. Like West Virginia, Mississippi, where okay. people are like, this is terrible. This is also the place where the most people would get health care right. and the most people would lose it if it gets repealed. Okay. But it's the status quo. Like we've gone without the Affordable Care Act, so the people are much more likely to agree with how they've already been acting or they've already been voting. This researcher, Jost, uh, says people are motivated to, to defend and justify aspects of the status quo just because they are part of the status quo. And so he says that people are motivated to support the traditional American way of life, uh, which has been a big theme of the last successful campaign, the whole Make America Great mm-hmm. Again. Jost and his colleagues, he looked at responses from a giant survey that they gave right before the 2016 election. The researchers found justification of economic and gender-based disparities in society was strongly associated with support of Trump. So people who are justifying, there's a reason why there's disparities, gender-based, race-based. They're also much more likely to be more conservative. Basically, just keeping things how they are. So kind of going back to what you were saying before, we all want equality. We want things to get better. It's actually not super true. Okay. After you adjust for economic and the gender-related variables, so within the sample, like controlling for gender, controlling for money, the system justification overall was associated with support of Clinton. So in other words, Trump's victory did not only represent a rejection of the status quo of liberal government, but it was also an embrace of traditional value systems that maintain disparities in wealth and in gender hmm. essentially it was it was people rebuking this idea of essentially hope and equality mm. it's unfortunate well i mean truly some people don't feel like the goal of united states is to have equal like equal i don't think on the surface they would say that but i I think if you really think about how you know our country was developed it was all about inequality yeah yeah and I think that people think that that was great and important. And and I think a lot of it is what story are you buying into? I think mean, it's all politics really are. It's, just, it's storytelling. It's And there's two stories at odds. There's the one story of it's a bunch of refugees and a bunch of cast out that come together to take care of each other. Or there's a story of a lot of poor people coming and lifting themselves up by their bootstraps and, and getting successful. And so it's like, are you are you going it alone or are you going it as a group? Hmm. And essentially, politically, that's like they're, they're just tapping into those stories. Hmm. And so it's 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 all about which campaign does a better job at showing that that story is the accurate one or the the, the better one. Do you have more on the politics stuff? A couple more. Th- actually, just, just two more things. Okay. Why do some people just drift towards certain parties? Or not. And so there's been a lot of research looking at different personality aspects and personality traits and how it'll predict 
what kind of political party you're a part of. But a lot of it also has to do with just what you find comfort in and what you like, what you really believe in. So one of the big findings, conservatives score higher in dogmatic thinking and cognitive rigidity. So they like okay. things to be... Yep. Black and white. Black and white, as is, and, and I mean, and when you look at it, that's a lot of a lot of the more conservative policies are are that like they like a flat tax. They like hmm. this is how it is. This person's this. This person's that. There's right. rich. There's poor. It's very hmm. in a box. To a lesser extent, conservatives also have a higher need for structure and order, and okay. so that even speaks to that wanting of a hierarchy. It's okay, like, where am I compared to the next person? Liberals have a higher tolerance for uncertainty hmm. and a greater need for cognition. Okay. Unfortunately, part of the reason why the liberals are a bit slower at coming up with ideas and policies because huh. because there's the process more. Yes, there's a higher need to really look through stuff, think through stuff. But the really interesting thing when you look at it, that whole idea of conservatives dislike uncertainty more mm-hmm. is like why a lot of these bigger change policies like really polarize people. Yeah, because removing healthcare and, and having one a one payer program. So a lot of uncertainty. What would that look like? What happens to the stock market? What happens to this, to that? Conservatives can't really tolerate that idea. So this is bringing up an issue for me. Don't you think that our our, um, country over time has embraced more progressive ideals than conservative ideals? I think that it sways back and forth depending on what's going on. So when you look at like the FDR era and the the depression stuff, like there was tons of uh, liberal policies. There's all these organizations being built. There's social security being created. Yeah. There's all these big things. I guess things. I mean, yeah. And then, but the I from my liberal perspective, those get put in place, the country gets taken care of, and then it slowly starts creeping back to a conservative way, less structure, uh, less support, things like that but it's usually interesting because like even when you look at reagan's deep cuts on taxes that the whole idea of like uh, reaganomics and the ideal of the, the the trickle down from the year he cut it they kept increasing taxes every single year after that because they found that it just like wasn't an effective policy but it, it mapped on to that story they were writing of we don't want to pay taxes we can take care of ourselves it's I guess, a rebuke of what seemed to be working i guess also i mean though and maybe i'm thinking about like social progressivism she seems like we've come a really long way in terms of what's acceptable and what's mm-hmm. not okay that's all i want to see cool another finding within joe's research is that there's preference towards authoritarian leadership styles within republicans so that kind of maps back onto that black and white thinking of like we like one person who's in charge we looked at that one mm. it's high high need for certainty like yeah. that person tells me what to do and then that, that also maps onto kind of that's why Trump really, really fell into that because he mm-hmm. was like this person who spoke with a lot of authority and really like was what they were looking for, essentially. Uh, since the 1960s, research has shown that voters who prefer authoritarian styles are more likely to favor Republican presidential candidates. 2016, same thing. Even on the more left-leaning side, if people had a preference towards authority and authoritarian people... They're more likely to be those Obama Trump voters. What are these studies like, do you think, where they just like call people in, survey people, and they're like, okay, do you identify as this or that? And then they correlate like with their answers. So it looks like Joe's study was a meta-analysis of, of 200 other studies. Oh, okay. Of, okay. Over time. So I'm, and I'm guessing there are studies that tapped into who they voted for, what their political leaning is. Okay. What they found over this last election, Trump supporters sc- scored higher than other Republican supporters on two big facets, authoritarian aggression and group-based dominance. 
And so the people in this in this time, for whatever reason, were really looking for someone that really spoke to the uh, law and order. We're going to lock up the criminals. We're going to lock up the bad guys. And this need to redevelop a hierarchy. Mm. One interesting thing, too, within this whole thing is that a lot of this research is finding that more left-leaning authoritarian type people, so people that might be more liberal but also lean towards authoritarians, have tended to, to drop out of politics in general. They're becoming less and less likely to vote. Hmm. And so... Oh. A factor of the polarization is that on the right, they're becoming more energized and more likely to vote. On the left, they're falling out as the party is moving away from that idea. That sucks. It does suck. For us. Yeah. On the right side. Uh, I mean, on the right side of the politics, meaning on the left side. One last thing Just kidding. as a defense of this whole topic. Yeah. It is a very popular storyline within the media that science in general is left-leaning and there's a left bias. Oh, yeah. And so... Which is funny because it flies in the face of like... If you like facts and you like black and white. Yeah. Right? Like yes. Jay Van Bevel from New York University, he collected a politically diverse sample and had people blind code 194 studies uh, looking at is there an ideological slant or if they can predict like, is this more liberal, more conservative, whatever? And essentially what they found is that on average, most of the studies were, were pretty right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And there's also no found research showing that left-leaning versus right-leaning versus more middle-of-the-road research is more replicable. So it doesn't look like hmm. there's no leaning in research. And there's a lot of research showing that. There's no no real leaning. I think it would be an interesting topic to talk about the different types of research in terms of... Because I think... And I don't know. This is just my hypothesis. I think there's some differences between like qualitative and quantitative in mm-hmm. terms of political leaning. I have theories to back that up but we can talk about it more in the future okay yeah cool great job thank you great topic i want to close with um something really cool that is also from the same monitor on psychology that you're talking about um i saw this the other day and i was like oh i want to mention that so they have the top 10 most downloaded journal articles of the year across any psychological journal. So I just want to briefly talk about them. So like these would be the most, not the most important findings or, but like the most important to consumers Mm -hmm. findings. So um, number one is the therapeutic relationship and cognitive behavioral therapy. So we've talked about CBT in here before. They are related to adapting CBT specific practices to a patient's unique presentation of an issue. So there's lots of like information in there about how to adapt. The next one is therapeutic strategies and techniques in early CBT. So another CBT study. This is tip related as opposed to this is not these are not studies as much as they are like theoretical articles. Number three, development of goal setting theory, a half century retrospective. So I think goal setting theory is in IO, industrial and organizational psychology. The fourth one is child-centered play therapy for healing children exposed to domestic violence. So is it helpful? So CCPT, child-centered play therapy, says, this study says it is an effective, developmentally appropriate approach to helping children exposed to violence. Um, Number five is sex differences in serial killers. This archival review, and they found that male serial killers hunt stock unfamiliar victims in dispersed areas often with a sexual motivation and female serial killers gather victims kill relatives and vulnerable others close to them and often for monetary gain so um is this are you are you bored no just listening but what if we just save part six through ten for next week and we'll drop some 
nuggets on people. All right, cool. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye.